Here we are once again. I'm your host, Sully, and with me is the special guest making her podcast debut who suggested this topic, Helen Pauyak. How are you, Miss Movie Geek? <laughs> I'm good. I actually just got done watching a couple of movies today. Even better. So we are just covering uh, none other than Michelle Rodriguez, the tomboy Latina herself who made her debut with the acclaimed girl fight and has been a longtime member of the Fast and Furious, Resident Evil, Machete, and now the upcoming Avengers and uh, potential Alita franchises. So, uh, yeah. Uh, how did you get into this, this gal's work? <laughs> uh, honestly, like, it's funny. I actually saw Fast and the Furious whenever it came out so I was like see 2001 I was 13 nice I was about 12 13 years old whenever I first saw it and I got hooked although it kind of had a lot to do with I was totally crushing on her she is pretty cool I kind of had a thing with her early on I think around the time she was on Lost and then she was doing promos for movies like Battle Los Angeles and the animated kids movie Turbo and I was like man, man that that hair is <laughs> just standing out and she was just kind of another interesting one she's just kind of just floated through the roof she's got a lot of understated performances she has a lot of other movies that I honestly can't recommend they're just awful but she's great in them and then there's some other ones where it's like she's just kind of carrying it and you got to actually kind of give her a plotter for that because it's not She's not doing necessarily easy roles. I think she's been caught up, I guess, recently in just a lot of kind of tabloid stuff. And all I can say is, hey, you know, better luck next time. I'm not, I, by the time I was hearing about her troubles, the internet was kind of finally kind of combusting and people were realizing, hey, you know, celebrities aren't actually superhumans. You know, they're humans just like you and I, and you can still like someone even if they're getting in DUIs or, you know, being caught smoking marijuana it's just it's getting old right now how we're still kind of having seeing people who want to shame each other and it's just like no let's not let's enjoy their work or don't you know yeah she was pretty wild in her 20s and who wouldn't be i mean if you don't got the best pr or agent you're you're gonna go crazy and i think she did say she had one hell of a wild family and she was she's just a tough chick on screen and off so yeah, she had a very interesting and tough childhood. Um, but I think part of that had to do like with her schooling because she was she got expelled like from I want to say seven schools. <laughs> but a lot it. of that had to do what people don't realize is a lot of that had to do with her ADD. Uh, and that's that I had a bunch of ADD and there was plenty of time where I had to just force myself to concentrate because I mean I couldn't even be in a classroom nowadays I would literally just be taking oh, out no. the phone because I have severe ADHD to the point where I'm at work and I do security oh, so, so I'm like just I. standing around Small and world. I get <laughs> I just I get computers? really bored security? no I get bored I get super bored you do regular I'm doing security? security? Yeah, I'm doing security at the DMV oh, out very here. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I do and, mobile and I drive around, but that's, yeah, it, it's very yeah. easy to get bored. It's tough to explain people. You're going to have to sneak in a nap. You're going to have to 
take a break, lunch break? Well, so for me, I spend most of my time, I'll have my Bluetooth in and I'll have my hair down covering up the Bluetooth because we're not supposed to have Bluetooth on. Yeah. And I'm listening to music. But who's going to know, you know? Yeah, I'm listening to music or I'll put in a movie that I've seen a hundred times and I'll just listen to it because I have this ability, like if I'm listening to the movie, I can literally see it in my head. Even better. Yeah. You don't have to think twice about what you can or can't hear. Yeah. And I I even, I found I can do that with movie scripts too. Because I've read some, I've been reading movie scripts for fun. Even better. And I can actually see like, because it talks about camera moves this way and I could see like just the whole thing happening. Yeah, uh, it's worth it. Especially if you want to see what stuff just evolves over time or how giant your mind is. Well, I did that. I just recently read the blue revision of Fast and Furious, which is like the second draft of the movie. Yeah, David Iyer from the same year. He he had Training Day come out, was hired to do some rewrites and a bunch of other guys. Uh, it's funny how people now argue who created what characters, <laughs> who's owed what residuals well, for all the various. One sequels. thing I noticed is with Michelle's character in that movie, Letty, totally different. And that's before you because, get to how all the other wacky sequels where she betrays the team, joins the team, escapes death, comes back to yeah, life. Yeah, well, like in the first one, they had her where she was trying to get with Brian. Oh, oh wow yeah that would have been an unnecessary love triangle just um it pissed her off she almost quit the movie was it just of one it. of those where they were just trying to sexualize her exploit her a bit i guess yeah and she wasn't she was like you know what this is not how i feel like the character's gonna be um i'm not gonna portray it this way if this is how you want it to be i'm gonna quit and you guys can sue me and she, at one point, was crying to Vin Diesel about it. She was hysterical because of how they portrayed her character. It's very hard to do. And I know a lot of people like to do the whole, oh, prima donnas and everything. But if you feel like people aren't respecting you as a person and you're just thrown in just garbage that doesn't go in with the rest of the movie, it, it can be very tough to just continue, especially if it just feels like, again, just like a last minute, just appealing to teens you know and their sexuality yeah. is just like there's just no need for that if the movie is already working for what it's trying to do and you're just adding all these various love triangles and more explosions <laughs> yeah well lucky for her Ben had her back and he was like yeah I don't why would my character be with somebody who's just gonna hoe around basically and yeah. he felt it was degrading to both characters at that point. And he talked to the writer and the director and everything, and they changed the character for Michelle. It is annoying, though, how sometimes people just don't think about it. And then at the same time, you got to, they finally take it serious when a guy says it. And how, fortunately, people are listening to both genders finally. And it's like, thank you. You know, HR was really screwed up back then, apparently. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so she's had some other interesting indies here. Uh, she's in this one underground crime thriller called 3 a.m. where she co-stars with Danny Glover. Oh my God, I love that movie. And I love it her comes character on Showtime in it. quite a lot. And 
the Spike Lee producing was a big boost, but it is, yeah, like you said, it's kind of just when I, when I saw it, I was just like, this isn't a typical kind of kind of movie. It's not a typical kind of uh, just taxi driver esque movie. It's kind of just more just seeing all these shady characters and making good use of its indie appeal. And it's kind of yeah. just been slowly, I think, rediscovered just on mild cable tv airings and discount video stores and now i'm sure it's on a streaming site somewhere you know it's just one of those sleeper films later had supporting roles in blue crush swat the infamous blood rain and was in the uh indie horror film the breed which had some basically was her on an island trying to survive some mutant dogs she was also in in appropriate comedy uh 2016's the assignment with director walter hill and actress gordy weaver uh so uh fun fact about the assignment yeah that was not the original name of the movie oh what was the original name tomboy eh. <laughs> and michelle got to actually pick her she got to pick her own prosthetic Okay, very cool. So she's been a creative force behind the scenes is what you're telling me. Uh, I, I know she kind of just was always just about being part of an ensemble. And this is like one of the few roles where she got an actually, you know, leading role. And I found it was interesting. Are you familiar with uh, Walter Hill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, director 48 Hours, Red Heat. Yeah, he's, uh, Long he's really good. This, did, didn't it feel similar to his earlier movie, Johnny Handsome? It did. Except instead of it being an ex-con course by cops to infiltrate his biker robbery crew, now it's just she's getting her life back together and vowing taken type revenge. And I just thought the cast was interesting if underused. I did hear there was some tampering in the editing room, a rumor of that, but I'm not surprised. Just Walter Hill's an old school guy and producers like yeah. to do the whole, I know better, you're too old, you boomer. I don't know. I like how Michelle and Sigourney Reboot. Sigourney Reaver got to work together again because they did they were really good together in um yeah they Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. And, and then they got to do this movie, which is like totally different from their previous characters where they were working together. Oh totally. And she's been around so much that when looking back at her resume, I realized, wow, I think I did see part of the Puncta episode back in the day that she was part of. I definitely heard her voice as one of the Marines in Halo 2 and Call of Duty Black Ops 2. <laughs> and she's apparently in the video games, True Crime Streets of LA, as well as Driver Free. So, And again, a lot of different music videos, including the Confident music video from Demi Lovato. And it's just like, yeah, she's just kind of just been bouncing around, just constantly busy. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what she'll play in this upcoming Dungeons and Dragons like reboot. So um I have I've done my research on that because they had Comic-Con actually down here in San Diego. Oh sweet. Yeah, I was so tempted to, to like I wanted to, I couldn't get tickets, but I was like I was thinking, you know, I'm just going to skip work and go down there and like hang out by the hotel <laughs> and then i was like wait she lives in um venice beach she's not gonna stay in a hotel in san diego <laughs> yeah and i mean whatever you gotta do if you gotta spend extra on lyft or uber just to be away from yeah. fans you gotta do it and well i, uh, I mean because you don't you you every time i've been to a convention i always look at people's body language and if i see them heading in the opposite way i don't keep them 
you know i'm just like okay you this person clearly you know needs to go crash at their hotel and get a bite to eat get a drink i'm not gonna hold them up and ask just one random stupid question that may not even get answered you know yeah well she's gonna actually play a barbarian interesting you're just gonna have heavy makeup again no um not that much heavy makeup a lot of leather though but then again she is a fan of leather interesting um yeah it's it's gonna be a really good movie i'm very excited to see it um she actually used to play whenever she was growing up in jersey just like her vin diesel co-stars she was big into that vin diesel is to the extreme from what she said oh i bet (laughs) but he's he's a dungeon master and he actually (laughs) brings he brings his um techniques for as a dungeon master he brings it as a producer interesting okay he's probably i guess hired her for the gig (laughs) or put in a word for i guess Actually, from what she said, she kind of rubs it in his face because <laughs> he's a huge fan. But like, she's a huge gamer, and what people don't really know much about her is she's self-educated. And this woman is like super smart. Didn't even graduate high school. She got her GED. Yeah, she like, and one of her first gigs, I real I remember was like being an extra. I've never been able to spot her in the movie, but I know she used to put it on a resume and in like interviews how she was an extra on any given Sunday and it just kind of went off from there. Yeah, well, so what got her into movies, she did a lot of extra work um, and she Gotta kept going it. to auditions. Yeah, she said she did a lot of extra work um, and whenever she was getting ready for the audition for Girl Fight, she almost didn't go because she kept not making the auditions. And um getting being on time is just hard. But well, no, like she would be on time, but she would never get picked for the part. And she was going against people that were trained actors. Mm, And she was like, she was getting fed up and she's just like, you know, maybe this isn't for me. It's hard, especially when you know everyone takes their time and you gotta if you don't have the patience, it can be really grating. It just feels like forever. It's like, come on, guys, make up your mind. <laughs> yeah, well, like, she she was ready to give up, and she was at the last minute, she's like, you know what, I'm just going to do this one last audition, and she ended up getting it. But she almost didn't go to it because she was ready to give up. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm... And given how she came from a pretty indie background i i honestly and how she keeps doing all these like like small kids movie animation she's like voiced a netflix like spanish cartoon and now again does video games and other activism work i would not be surprised if down the road she does her own independent movie like gets in the director's chair she just seems like that kind who wants to actually i i don't know how she how she feels about the directing part of it oh okay i do know that ever since she was about 15 or so she's wanted to write movies and that's actually why she started acting okay she she went into acting because she wanted to be a writer and she felt like the best way to be a good writer was to be in front of the camera and learn the techniques in front i guess okay very cool um 
there's been a few I have not been able to see yet. Tropical de Sangre, which is, stands for the Tropic of Blood, was a 2010 historical drama she did, and I was never able to see I, a copy. I have a copy. I haven't oh, been able to watch it yet. Where did, where did you find it? Like on eBay? I found it on Thriftbooks. Mm. Wow. And as soon as I found it, I had to get my hands on it because they're, you know, it is one of the harder ones to get your hands on. Seems like it. Uh, I hope it was worth it and not too costly. Um, I saw that she was also in a documentary called Adventures in Voice Acting, and she was just one of many people interviewed saying that they, you know, uh, yeah, they auditioned for various video game and anime dubbing. And I, I, I got to say, I really like she. She's got a lot of cool critical acclaim. The only time she kind of got bitch slapped by critics was for blood rain but in all honesty you know that was a yule ball movie so no one was going to be good in that (laughs) i actually i'm one of the weird people that like that movie um but like so whenever it comes to movies i tend to go towards the grade b movies um i love b movies too i just it's just such bad music and production design but i like plenty of other crazy vampire movies and other stuff yeah, involving yeah. zombies and home invasions whatever, but. i i love i like the movie it's definitely better than the second and third um blood rain movies oh yeah Anyways. it was the best out of all three the only thing i hated about the movie which in my opinion i hate about almost every one of michelle's movies mm-hmm. it's the fact that they kill her yeah, it seemed to be kind and most of, a thing of her for movies. A while. In most of her movies, she gets killed, mm-hmm. and a lot of that has to do with the industry because a lot of people are like, "So what are we going to do with the tough chicks?" Well, <laughs> we're going to kill off the tough chick and let the little damsel in distress live. Yeah. And I'm like, in reality, yeah, that yeah. little damsel in distress is going to get killed. <laughs> and I don't know what it is with people they seem to just think that we want to see someone being very whiny and annoying it's like no let's not that's not entertaining (laughs) no and like that's what really drew me to michelle and her work is the fact that she portrays these tough characters and growing (laughs) up in foster care and in the project that's all you have are these tough chicks and that's what I would prefer. I would prefer that with just anyone. Like have some and if someone's weak, don't have them be just like there to simply whine. Have them be there to show how they are just, you know, don't victimize them, but just show how they are trying to get out from like a rock and a hard place, you know. Exactly. Like with but for me, like with Michelle's work, it really I was able to see myself in her work you know that tough tomboy chick she definitely represented a stronger kind of lead because for a while it just seemed like for the 80s he just had latinas being either slutty or sexy girlfriend who gets together with the geek who they have otherwise no chemistry with you know it seemed like there's just so many lame just stereotypes that were going on and not for the better you know and it seemed like she was a changing it up a bit more than I think even she realized at first, you know? 
Well, actually, that was a very conscious decision on her part. Oh, okay. Even better. This is why I have you on the she, um, she purposely typecast herself in those roles. That's a good point, because, like, after doing SWAT, which is probably my favorite role by her, just being the tough gal on the team who's like, hey, everybody, you know, keep it in your pants, and let's go and solve a hostage crisis. <laughs> and uh, after that, she stopped working with Neil H. Morris's production company as much and just kind of doing more, again, just kind of various kinds of productions. Uh, Battle in Seattle was kind of wild because that just showed an actual incident, uh, uh, an activism, you know, getting out of control. And uh, she's in this one movie that went, unfortunately, just went straight to video uh, uh, that had William Defoe and Ray Leo, the Leota and rest in peace and it was just an interesting kind of just escape subject being experimented on kind of thriller <laughs> and no one's seen it unfortunately but um uh yeah she, uh, she she was probably also a highlight for me in widows i just didn't feel like that movie was a little over long but it was well acted but I just thought on the story she kind of too said basic. <laughs> that was her actually most challenging role to do. Really? Well, yeah. So if you look at her entire filmography and all the work that she's done, mm -hmm. she's always been that physically tough chick, you know, in your face, going to stand her your ground. And in this movie, she's the complete opposite almost. Mm. You know, she's this woman who fell in love with this guy in high school, marries him, has two kids, trying to hold down a steady job while depending on him where, and he's failing and catering to her and, you know, taking care of his family like he's supposed to. Right. And that's the kind of roles that she's been avoiding her whole career. Interesting. And she said it was actually one of, um, the most challenging ones to do because she had to really dig deep down and yeah, I bet um, it's all dealing with portray, personal trauma. <laughs> yeah, because she said that the character reminded her of her mother. But then, you know, she said after a certain time in your career, you know, it was really a growing point for her because she is being tough, but it's a different form of tough. You know, she's letting her feminine power come out more. And I think that has a lot to do with um, after Paul Walker died. Interesting. She lost herself. She lost herself for that first year after his death, you know, just being very reckless. But um, she really started going deep down into her spiritual journey as well. She um, went to Peru and did ayahuasca. And... Um, She's been to Mexico learning about the Toltec um, wisdom and everything. And she's really become more spiritual and really tapping into her feminine power. That's cool. Because I do like the plot of this movie. I just don't like how a lot of the slower moments before you get to the inevitable revenge. I just don't feel like they make good use of the time. So it's a three out of five kind of for me. I just like there's some cool plot twists, but just getting there, just it really does have a lot of boring shit in there. But the acting is superb, and that kind of makes the movie in a way. <laughs> yeah, 
I love the cast that they put together for that. Oh yeah, Viola Davis is one tough cookie, and uh, Liam Neeson has an interesting segment in this. He, they kind of underplay his part. He didn't realize at first what he was doing, and uh, I'm any of her movies that you've actually seen in the theaters. I actually got asked by a pal to go see Resident Evil. I think it was four or five retribution and that was okay. It just kind of was more. That meh. was five. Yeah. Uh, I saw Avatar. I remember when Avatar came out. That's right. I did see that. And I didn't expect and... her character to make a sacrifice. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that. So I went and saw Avatar and the whole point of like, whenever they were advertising it, I saw that Michelle was in it. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm seeing it. I have to see it. Um, nice. I love the movie, and then actually a couple weeks ago they did a re-release. I did hear that, yeah. And I went and saw it again, and it's still every time she dies, <laughs> it really gets to me. And the line she says, it it sticks with me, and I'm just <laughs> like, you know, you can't. Like, come on, man. I wanted that one time, you know, just one time where she lives and gets to celebrate at the end. I think she's trying to outdo Danny Trejo and Al Leong. <laughs> <laughs> just be I... that gal who gets killed. But at least she does a lot of heroic stuff. She almost comes close to dying in SWAT. And she's just like, you know, uh, it's nothing. Go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, like. Battle Seattle, she's good. And then because you actually kind of feel like she is as that's that's probably the realest i felt like she was on screen where <laughs> just like yeah that's michelle the rebel the outspoken you know vocal you know what's gal. funny is a lot of people see her movies and they actually think that's how she is in real life they're like oh well you know she's this little <laughs> tough chick all the time and it's she'll even tell you like because i've I've seen almost every interview that she's done. I'm such a huge fan. <laughs> and that's not how she is in real life. She's a super nerd. <laughs> she said in one interview while she's playing video games, because she likes the first person shooter video games, she'll listen to the complete, the complete idiot's guide to physics for fun. Really? And she calls it meditation. She says it's a form of meditation. Interesting. She's like, she's reading all the time. Eh. Interesting. Think, uh, was she always kind of a reader or did this kind of come in later on? She's always, uh, she said it started with, uh, she was dating somebody. And he talked about he was telling her like how smart she is and you know just you know apply yourself and everything and she just really started reading more at that point and just educating herself and I've kind of taken that um aspect in my life too because I'm always trying to learn something and there's so well, much I want to learn there's so many who would like to just kind of stop learning and it's like well the day you stop learning is the day you're, you know, you have to start all over again. Well, one thing I've learned, because like growing up, you know, in the 90s, 
I'm being told, oh, you know, you have to go to college to get an education. You have to go to college to get an education. Total bullshit. And one thing now that I'm in my 30s, I've learned is you don't need college for an education because all it is, is college is a form of indoctrination. It's a group of people that are thinking, okay, this is what you have to learn to be successful. This is what you need to know. This is how you're going to learn. You know, we want you to know this, this, and this, where if you're educating yourself, you go out looking for what you want to learn and you get to incorporate, you know, you're learning what you feel is important. You're not having someone force onto you what you have to learn and what you have to know, because maybe what they think is important is not what you think is important. And if you don't make use of that, then yeah, you know, it's, it's already a waste, but there's plenty of times where people do go the extra mile. They, they get certified and people still won't even look at the resume or give it a second, you know, uh, moment of their time. It's just like, well, <laughs> what's the point? Exactly. I mean, I, I went to school off and on for probably 10 years oh dear for criminal justice that's too much <laughs> well I had like I had to take breaks here and there um I really wasn't into it I started going to college for criminal justice because one you know as soon as I aged out of foster I was told you ha- okay you're gonna go to college everybody has to go to college because you have to have a career mm-hmm. well I was like okay I'm gonna go and to school they- for acting isn't it wild how they also will guilt you and be like, well, oh, yeah. and it's like now just with student debt barely even coming through, it just kind of has gotten to the point where it's like, I'm sorry, I got to call for what it is. It's a total sham. Like I, I went there for film and I was at a call. The thing is you often find out the hard way, what colleges have a good turnout and you have to pretty much suffer through to figure out if they're actually going to teach you anything and more than half the time I've noticed what I would honestly say, if you want to save your time and your money and actually apply yourself the most, you got to just figure out ahead of time, your time management, and you got to make use of a bunch of different tutorials, go through some forums. I've found way better stuff, even just looking at YouTube tutorials, you know, just maybe doing associates, or just get a good connection, you know? There, there's plenty of people who are majoring in business and they barely have even a degree, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, right now, um, I just finished reading The Complete Idiot's Guide to Strength Theory. I'm oh, learning wow. how to work on cars because oh, I love cars. I'm a huge <laughs> muscle fan. Interesting. I've also, I mean, I've been working on a list of the top vehicles that I want to get, so nice but i figure because one of my dream cars and i will do anything to get it is the 70 dodge charger rt intriguing so what what, what prompted your interest in that car was it because it's in one of these movies so the first time i saw it was in Dom Toretto's Garage uh, in the first movie. <laughs> I saw it and I just I was instantly in love. Nice. And I've become a huge fan of the Charger and Challenger series 
and the Shelby series. Very cool. Um, were you a car gal prior to this, or was this really what got you in the door of this pop culture? So when I was real younger, I was really into cars. Um, my dad used to work on his car. Okay. And cool. he would yell at me because I would try and get underneath the car <laughs> to work on it. Stop <laughs> and it. I'm like, I'm five years old trying to get underneath the car. Nice. So, um, and then I got into foster care. So it was constantly, my mind was somewhere else at that time. Mm. So I didn't pay too much attention to cars. Cause I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to survive at this point. Nice. And then um, when I was 18 and aged out, I actually got re-contacted with my parents. Um, we lived together for a short time and I helped my dad oh, cool. take out the water pump in his Dodge Ram 1500. <laughs> take apart the water pump put a whole new seal on it and put it back in the car badass not easy no but it was fun <laughs> so I michelle's mean, most recent movie uh, was crisis i saw that casually on showtime kind of found it a boring kidnapping drama with the now infamous army hammer and Gary Oldman was kind of under, underutilized. And I see she's credited here as a superintendent. I think that's like a blink and a miss kind of role. It's like just a brief. So I actually, I just saw that today <laughs> for the first time. Um, I don't know how I feel about her role in that. I can see why she brought it on. It's dealing with some serious like themes of today. It's just kind of was one of those just had kind of an unimaginative filmmaker to bring it to life and obviously so, army hammered knowing the horror stories we know about him now yeah. i i love the whole aspect of the story could it have been a little bit better filmmaking wise and directed wise yes i i just it didn't leave an impression on me and i know this is a great story to talk about you know with drug running and the Canadian wilderness and other tough to report crimes. It's actually kind of a timely subject. It's just, it just really dragged for me, but I, 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 I was expecting <laughs> her to play an actual cop that was in the field or something. That would be, have been way cooler. Like if anything, they should have given the budget mainly to her instead of freaking eventually Lily, who's kind of just there to, you know, preach. And you're like, no, Michelle should have done the preaching so, and the ass kicking. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Um, I don't know, like, I like how they got to work together. I'm just wondering, were they ever on set together? Because if you remember, they were in Lost together. Good, 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 good question. I would not be surprised if that was part of it. Like, one of them suggested the other is like, who's a person you worked with before who you recommend for this? We never got the investors to come through and I would not be surprised. It could also easily be they had the same management. I don't know. <laughs> but Gary Oldman's kind of barely in it as well. And I, I I say they should just remake this and Michelle should have a bigger 
involvement with it. I totally agree. Like, I think my biggest disappointment with the movie was that she didn't have a bigger role. Yeah. And the thing is, there's just so movies that, so many movies I've seen that once there's a scandal, as the case with Army Hammer, people end up not wanting to watch an otherwise pretty decent or passable or average, but thought-provoking movie. And it's like, they got to just start doing some more background checks and just saying, hey, you know, this person, you know, is really messed up in the head, you know, <laughs> going to have a scandal on her hands. And it's like, Michelle, it's kind of just so much bullshit how people just kind of kept getting on her case about feminism and uh, DUIs. And it's like, well, first off, there's nothing wrong with feminism. And second off, yeah, join the club. There's just about everybody has had a DUI or just arrested for a speeding ticket. I'm yeah, and I mean, you got to look at the but, time period, you know, that that took place, too. I mean, all it means is just you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Half the time you can be going the speed limit, but if police detect it, your breath or just you look like the type who's drunk, they'll go after you and they'll, I mean, it's already dumb enough how it's basically legal extortion. It is not. And I think there's just so many people. We just have too many boomers who are just stuck in the past due to the whole shame, 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 you bad person. And I'm like, well, come on. They didn't kill anybody, you know? <laughs> Shit. And Girl Fight is just such a big, just hit to the punch in the heart. Like, I recently re saw it again to listen to the commentary track. And that's a real school that they're in where the opening takes place. Yeah. So they were able to focus on all this acting all this competition all this you know fight for life and kind of even the physical sexual attraction that these two have like they were able to not worry about the budget that would have otherwise gone to set design and camera work and focus all on just getting inside the character's mind and we were i was doing that just because i was discussing director karen kusama and i thought i find it cool that she too had done uh you know uh, boxing for fitness and what have you and I, I just can't see anyone else in this role it is a semi-female Rocky but it's also just a heartwarming tell on just it's an important Latino film I feel and I feel like it's also just a very key just growing up uh, just in a rough lifestyle kind of movie yeah, it's a very good uh, coming of age story. Coming of age is being better because I see people talk about Million Dollar Baby and I'm like, well, that's good and all. But this one, it's way, way, way more. This one just... completely surpassed it. And I think, yeah. you know, like nowadays, everybody is so focused on these big budget movies. Right. That, that the these story independent gets movies <laughs> just fall to the wayside. And yeah. a lot of these indie movies are so much better than these big budget movies that are coming out. Yeah, if this was a and bigger budget movie, the story is so much better. Totally. If this was a bigger budget movie, like like we've talked about every other movie she had to fight on with, there would have been probably three different redundant subplots that went nowhere and a bunch of commercial music playing that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the movie. You know, it's just there because the record producers made a bid to have their music played in a popular movie you know it's like here everything is just so like 
there's plenty of times where there's not any music but there and the montages work without being like a lazy mtv edit it's you get all this emotion just that's sincerely earned versus we got to play you know some you know preachy music to, and she always has a bunch of other movies that i still need to see uh i've still have been meaning to see gardens of the night it was just a movie I always saw at the video store with a then unknown Julian I Jacobs. I have not seen that one yet. Yeah, um, I, I mean, you recognize that cover, I take it. I would always see that blockbuster and it always looked very depressing. And I was like, hey, that's Britta from Community before she was known. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's John Malkovich. He's credited in this, but is it good? And it just all, I heard it was just always very well thought out and everything but it's just a very very sad movie it's like the deer hunter or yeah uh, boys don't cry where it's a relevant movie but you you're gonna probably watch it once and then you're just gonna cry the rest of the day just because it is just so real and severe and damaging a movie <laughs> oh most definitely i haven't seen it yet but i that's every review i've seen i pretty much trust it's a mixture of commercial and everyday people so i think it hit a rare note and i applaud her for being part of that giant ensemble this is a cast that includes a bunch of comedians and other dramatic actors because stuff like this is not easy to do there's plenty of people who you know i i will say i think she's played it pretty safe she's done a mixture of like again giant franchises and then just like done an everyday kind of drama whenever she's can and then done again cartoon and video game voiceovers i I don't have any issue with her as a person not nah, like she's she's for me she's definitely someone that i continue to look up to going from how she grew up to where she is now and even the span of her career the roles that she chooses she's very cautious about the movie the and if that, that means less and if that means less roles then so be it you know like yeah people got to fight for their rights and not let agents, you know, demand too much money or end up signing up for a project, which is just God awful. You know, it's like, you need someone, you got to applaud someone who can avoid being sexualized or exploited or just yeah. overused well, had, in roles that aren't worthy of their talents. You know? Yeah. She said that she said in an interview that I listened to recently that she could easily be so much richer than what she is now <laughs> if she had taken on the roles that she had turned down because she's turned down so many movie roles because they don't fit with what she wants to put out there. And the roles that she picks, you know, she wants these kids to have somebody that they can look up to, someone that they can see, you know, because... Yeah. You know, she's, as women, is she already a parent? No, um, nice. She's not a parent. She said she wants to have kids eventually. Um, I don't know if like if she's really gonna go for. It. I mean, she's forty four now, so she's still kind of young though. But she's just she's really focused on her career. That's cool. You always hate when someone's just again, you know, like. Uh, for a while, we were having that as well, where people would come up and say, "Oh, you gotta be a, you gotta be a parent by this age." And there's just so many people who aren't ready to be parents. And while I'm sure she'd be a decent parent, I 
you know, if she doesn't want to do that, she should not have to be forced to do that. I mean, and for a while, it just seemed like that was just kind of the thing that I noticed as well. Like everyone's got to do a giant job that pays well, but they don't enjoy. Everyone's got to go to college. And now, yeah, everyone's got to be a parent. You got to be a parent. It's like, well, yeah. And if you don't well, want to do it, you don't have to do it. That's why she takes the roles that she does is because, you know, in our generation growing up, you have a set, you know, this is what a woman's supposed to look like. This is what a woman's supposed to act like. You know, you have to be a parent. You have to marry this guy who makes the money and you have to stay home. And the only jobs that you really should get are maid jobs or, you know, all these little feminine girly yeah, jobs. secretary. And yeah. she's like, you know, that's not the reality of it. And, you know, these girls need somebody to look up to where it's like, yeah, you don't have to follow the status quo. Be your own person. No. Follow your own dreams. And you that's what she does what with each of her roles. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's like, well, this is how, you know, this is what a woman's supposed to be. And she's like, yeah, no, this is, you know, a woman is allowed to be strong. A woman's allowed to be vocal. A woman's allowed to stand up for herself. A woman's allowed to kick ass, you know, and that's what I love about it. You know, just the roles, they really speak to me. And she's done such a range. Like, um, I watched one of her movies recently called Milton's Secret. Mm, what's that about? So um, it's about this boy, Milton, who's always getting picked on. And his father or his grandfather comes to visit. And he's very like into teas and meditating and being one with nature. Very hippie-ish. I think I did see there was a health class that was showing that. My parents were watching it and it has Donald Sutherland, I think. Yeah. And yeah. Michelle plays the kid's teacher. Okay, very cool. So that's a change up from the tough gal role or just the everyday yeah. friend or girlfriend. It's cool. But like, it, it's a really good one. And it was one of those like, you don't expect her to play the role. But I feel like the reason why she did it, she did it uh, about a year after Paul Walker died. So she did it after her ayahuasca. And it really has this profound message about just accepting people and, you know, not picking on people and, you know, just being okay with yourself. Very cool. I will definitely give it a look. Yeah. There's only been a couple that I've had trouble finding. Um, one percenters I have not been able to find anywhere. It's like a 17 minute flick. <laughs> yeah, she does have some short films there. I'm like, oh, yeah. And it? then she she actually did a um, virtual reality movie, which was directed by um, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, and it's Lita. called The Limit. The limit. Okay. Awesome. Yes. And it's a virtual reality. So like I haven't I've not been able to find where I could watch it because you have to have the virtual reality glasses and mm. it's a 180. So like you can go <laughs> to the side and you're like actually in it. And um she's one of the characters. She's like the main 
agent that you're with and you get to interact with them. Interesting. Well, I'm glad she's had these been able to be part of giant rising technology too because it seems like she, must, she must just have a good agent because there's so many producers who kind of just like her look and again you know she's not promoted as say kind of like other people got into this at first like Rachel Lee Cook, Megan Fox they're cute it's like well but they can act if you want them to you just got to give them a good role and it seems like yeah she's just I think her tough cookie persona that she has displayed has just been enough for everyone to say, okay, let's give her just a meaty role instead of a, you know, something dumb, like again, secretary or girlfriend. Yeah. I'm really excited to see where her career goes from here. She's she's been talking about, you know, really getting into the writing aspect more. Uh, And after she did black widow or after she did widows. Yes. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Yeah, That one was one of her completely different roles. And I like that she took that courage to go after it and do it. Um, I'm really excited to see, you know, what she does next. Because she's really starting to expand more in what she wants to do as an actor. Right? It's not anything that's typically, you know, bullshit or anything. Like, she's stepped away from even all these franchises, you know, like, Fast and Furious, she hasn't had to do all of them and, uh, you know, Resident Evil's over. So I think, yeah, she's focusing less on just even the big event movies. She's just kind of just now trying to focus on, I mean, what audiences are typically interested in seeing an actor do, she's also kind of interested in doing as herself. So she's all about just experiment here and there and try something that's not, again, derogatory or just cliche. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I definitely cannot wait to see what happens next for her. Um, she's very talented, huh? And she's kind of underutilized, I guess. You know, just. But hopefully, she's utilized more. You know, like uh, it would be cool to see her get another league role. And I don't know if, because I mean all the movies she's done where she's the lead have often been just video on demand or limited releases. So it'd be cool if she got a big, big, big major motion picture where she could be the lead. Oh, I would love to see her in a big budget film, um, lead role, something that's really like big. Even a TV show. That's the norm now for all these A-listers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I want to see, I want to see her in a lead position that makes it to Hall H at Comic-Con. There you go. Because, like, when you're in Hall H, you know you've done something right. And, like, she was just in Hall H for um, Dungeons & Dragons. Did she get a bunch of cheer when walking on the stage? She didn't walk on the stage. She rolled on stage. Like, she started walking, and then she tucked and rolled onto stage. (laughs) I was like, I was sitting there watching all these like clips that were coming up on um, Twitter as it was happening. That's cool. So yeah, I'm sitting there like working at the DMV and people like coming up to me and I'm like, yeah, go here, go there. And I'm like checking Twitter. Like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Like that day. Nah, just don't mess with me today, man. Right. Let me see something important. That's 
Yeah, I, I mean, work was not important for me that day. I can't blame Seeing you. Seeing Michelle Rodriguez in any way that I could at um, Comic-Con was. Nice. <laughs> so, I can't wait to actually meet her, though. And I would love to work with her. She'd be pretty cool, I think. Because she wouldn't be just telling wacky stories so much. I think she'd just be talking about just real everyday conversation. Yeah. There's so many other people. They want to, you know, get on their, you know, high roller and just tell you long, tall tales. And you're just like, well, but what did I learn? Uh, nothing really. It was just a funny story. <laughs> nah, I could see her, you know, reading some article on something that's going on in um space or something you know with money or you know just something in the science field and her being like you know reading and like oh this is interesting and then trying you know want to talk about it and really get intellectual so because she she's very she's a very much an intellect and that's like one of the things that i love about it is like she's not afraid to vocalize her nerdy side yeah i i hope she can embrace that too because for a while it was also kind of just lame to be a nerd or a geek or just be a movie buff you know even though yeah, now look at us yeah We're now everywhere. it's second nature now <laughs> no one thinks of it or anything and it's like well come on guys you know. yeah now it's like it's cool to be a nerd thousand percent it just seems like a lot of people just i don't know they got in over their head <laughs> yeah it's funny like you know growing up it's like everybody wants to be the jock and the cheerleader and the popular person and i'm sitting there like yeah that's not me i like lord of the rings and cars and <laughs> you know i'm like this super nerd and then uh here comes michelle who's this super nerd and an action hero in a way mm -hmm. you know and it's like now that's something i can get on you know someone who's looks completely amazing can kick ass and is a complete nerd right it's very common to just kind of just have those moments where you're just like hey yeah here we are <laughs> yeah but i'm just glad nerds are a thing now you know it just seemed like for a while it just no one really wanted to i mean much like even just social issues it just seemed like it just was not a thing and uh yeah i mean Whatever she does, I'm sure it'll be very well thought out. Most definitely. I, I'm i really excited just to see where she goes from here. And just the ground that she's covered in the past 22 years, it doesn't even seem like it's been 22 years. But, mm -hmm. you know, the ground that she's covered in 22 years, and then I can see her acting. I can see her being like... um Helen Mirren's age or um, <laughs> there's another Fast and Furious co-star I know what you mean yeah yeah be. but you know I could see her you know getting up there like I could see her still acting 
in the next 20 and 30 years. Mm -hmm. But the way that she talks about her writing and how she's always wanted to write, I can't wait to see what stories she's going to tell us. Very nice. You know. Well, uh, I wish you the best <laughs> uh, uh, after uh, being on here as well, you know, because we like celebs who can uh, just inspire others. And, you know, I can't think of the last celeb we had on here where someone was like, yeah, they're the reason I got into this and that. <laughs> Yeah, um, shortly after I saw that, I started getting into acting. But through acting, I found the ability to tell stories. And I could be anybody that I wanted to be. Very so, nice. um, yeah, she's part of the reason why I got into it. Definitely. It is definitely a thing now where... Because I can't remember the last time where I saw somebody or somebody just doing a great performance and I was like, I'm so inspired, you know, yeah, or cool job, but I actually thought of, you know, how the person pulled it off. And I think that's changing now a little bit. I hope it yeah. is. <laughs> I I'm really hoping Hollywood changes in the next couple of years because one thing I've noticed with Hollywood is they're scared. Hollywood, Hollywood filmmakers Any have become really can't scared. Take yeah. <laughs> they're like, well, we're just going to keep making the same types of movies. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I want new stories. Like, right. I'll stay here and I'll watch a movie and I've done it with my friends before. And I'm like, oh, this is about to happen. They're like, how do you know? Have you seen it before? Don't tell us what happens. They're like, no, I've never seen it before. But trust me, this is about to happen. And, you know, then it happens. And they're like, how'd you know? I'm like, it's the formula. <laughs> Hollywood right? is run on a formula. You're watching we all this type we of movie. This it. is yeah. what's going to happen. This person's going to die. And then this person's going to die. Well, like, and the worst thing you can have is just, again, just something that just goes, doesn't pay off. And I think everyone's seen it so many times, they now know what, what they want to expect. And when they see something that is unexpected, then they're having an even better time at the movies. Oh, yes. I, I just, Hollywood needs to change, man, for real. I mean, they're doing all these remakes and they're telling the same story over and over and over again. They're following the same formula. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, because Michelle, you know, Michelle's mentioned how, you know, Hollywood needs to change too. Right. I want to see what she writes. I think she might be the one to actually change the formula for Hollywood with her writing. I'm really excited to see what she comes up with. I I hope for the best. I just can't say it anymore. I just because uh, the worst thing that could ever happen was just if they were to again just have something just 
that didn't pay off. So I, I really do hope that she, she just, you know, keeps locking this down and even works with five other people who no one's ever heard. And she gives them a boost. They give her a boost, you know, and just good stuff comes around to good people. That's the other thing everyone's got to remember. Oh, most definitely. It doesn't come from fame. It certainly doesn't come from fortune. It comes from people who do the right thing. And, you know, she shows she can change also. You know, she she already unexpectedly got into this industry, and now she's been here for a while. So, you know, best of luck. Really, best of luck. Yeah, and, like, even, you know, in the past 20 years of her <laughs> career, if you look at her roles, as her roles change, She's done a lot of changing, too, and a lot of growing. Correct. Yeah. Very much so. Like, if you look at her in the 2000s when she first got out there, she was crazy. Like, the <laughs> things that you're hearing her do, you're like, come on, man. You should know better. But, like, she was, what, 21, 22, 23. She was really young and really wild. And if right? you look at her now... She is not that person anymore. She's very grounded now. And I think she's become more in touch with both her masculine and her feminine side. Mm -hmm. That whatever she has coming out next is going to be amazing. And I, I can't wait to see her embrace her feminine side more with her roles. I certainly hope so. The, the worst that can happen is if she, you know, quits the industry and she's like, I've had so many unrealized projects, you know, and I don't think she wants that. And I think she is thinking about the future as opposed to just going with the flow without thinking about whether or not she's happy with what she has. I think she is happy and she's going to be even more happy the more she just keeps experimenting with new formulas and other just non, you know, Hollywood reliant, you know, material is like, hey, I'm here. I don't have to, you know, I'm I'm one of the many uh, brains in this machine. I don't have to rely on the machine. I rely on me, you know, to get it going. Oh, most definitely. I think some of my favorite work that she's done has been her indie work. Totally. She's an indie darling and who just kind of went with the flow. And even when she was in a mainstream movie, she was still kind of like, the audience's most human person instead of she wasn't like any other person who was like yeah you're cool but you're tom cruise you're julia roberts you know there <laughs> oh yeah most definitely she doesn't but scream like, of hollywood royalty she doesn't scream of you know privileged <laughs> no she doesn't um, she's, she's the but, middle class connection to hollywood by far yeah her I love her, but like with her indie roles, I think the indie roles that she does, there's more story there. Mm -hmm. I think her best Hollywood budget movies would be the Fast series. Um, I would... I think um, if they do continue with the Fast series, because oh, there has been... They'll get up to well, 30. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, so um, Fast 10, they're cutting into two parts, and that's going to be the end of the um, 
quote unquote bad series. <laughs> they're already talking about rebooting Twilight and but uh, they're gonna the be saw? well like with fast they're gonna do spin-offs like they did with Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, of course. <laughs> um <laughs> Michelle wants to do an all-female spin-off, which I think would be totally cool. But I wanna see more of the background of Letty's character. I mean, whatever she's got to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean, I just we, wish her the it, best. the The worst I can say is if she's just in movies where she gets wasted or not utilized. So, I, I I hope she keeps finding just some formula that's challenging, even if it's a typical uh, Hollywood blockbuster. Most definitely, I think um, if the worst thing that could possibly happen, in my opinion is if she leaves the industry altogether. Oof. Yeah, I can't see her doing that unless, like, she just is on, like, the worst possible, like, run movie, like, the equivalent of... I mean, any of those recent films where people have been known to march off on. If she gets on that, then, yeah, she probably will just be like, you know what, Hollywood? I don't need you. (laughs) I don't need you. I think that would probably be the most devastating thing just because, you know, she has become a role model for a whole generation of girls. Oh, and I I just hope she just, again, is able to keep inspiring uh, females everywhere as well as just showing that, again, you know, I'm every day... I'm I'm naturally cute. I'm not Hollywood cute. I'm 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 not Hollywood inspirational. I'm just inspirational. <laughs> yeah, I like I like how she's just she's just a normal person. You know, she's just as normal she's as out they there. Can be. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's out there like she doesn't hold herself up to a higher standard like oh you know i'm an actress so i'm better than everybody like she's one of those people that's going to get out there and help people and tell the stories that need to be told Mm -hmm. you know she's not your typical hollywood actress and i like that you know she's somebody that's very relatable totally okay well it's been great having you on here uh anything you'd like to promote before we take off it's pretty late. <laughs> now I think we've pretty much covered a lot about her. Well, you are welcome back anytime. Uh, you did some pretty good stuff on here. <laughs> I look forward to coming back. Yes, yeah, excellent. Uh, well, I hope you stay safe out there. We'll return after these messages. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com.
We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. BlindKnowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a Check!